Hello and welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. Today I'm talking with Peace with Endo founder Aubrey Daimler. But before we get to Aubrey, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors today. So today's show has been made possible by BU Period Patches. BU Period Patches are 100% natural. They're essentially plasters that deliver essential oils to your abdomen and back, reducing cramps and bringing you pain relief for up to 12 hours. I use them every month when I'm on my period um, with my magnesium spray and my belly balm and magnesium supplements. Um, And I am apparently not the only one. So I wanted to read you um, a review from another endometriosis warrior. Hi BU, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for inventing these patches. I've been suffering from endometriosis for the past eight years and I've tried everything. These patches really help make the pain more manageable and I now can do much more on my periods. Thank you again. So yeah, I just, I mean, all of these reviews that I'm reading out in these ads just say that say it all to me um, and I wouldn't be promoting something that I didn't believe in, so... Yeah, I truly think that these could help you. Obviously, we're all different um, and respond differently, but um, they work for me and they're working for other people. So it could be worth a try. Um, If you are interested, you get five in a pack. Um, They're $6.99 per pack or $4.99 if you go for a subscription order. Um, And to shop, you just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps a natural way. This show is also made possible by the Know Your Endo Toolkit by Jessica Manan. This online course um, offers five weeks of support. You get live Q&As with Jess, you get videos, um, tutorials, expert talks, and you go through different modules ranging from nutrition to movement to using CBD for managing your pain. Jess feels 80% better with endometriosis from the methods she uses and her course is all about helping you to feel 20, 30, 50% better with endo. It's not a cure but it provides you with tools and options to help manage your pain. Um, So I thought I'd read you a little review from the course. My husband used to do all the cooking because I didn't have the energy. I sat on the couch with a heating pad while he served me but Jessica's recipes gave me purpose again. I went to the store to stock up on essentials and got to cooking. I can now make plans while I'm, whilst I'm on my period. I'm regular in the bathroom. I no longer have a bloated and tender belly that I'm guarding all day. I cannot tell enough people how my day-to-day has improved. If you're interested, you can head to Jessica's website and check it out. Have a look around. Enrollment opens on March 11th to the 17th for early bird and then March 18th to the 24th for group for regular pricing and you can get $15 off um, both prices with the code JESSICA all caps Um, just head to knowyourendo.com forward slash program p-r-o-g-r-a-m and add your code at checkout also if you're around on Friday I'm holding a dinner party in support of Endometriosis UK Um, It's going to be a really lavish plant-based anti-inflammatory banquet with um, non-alcoholic cocktails. We've got Bees Knees Bubbly, we've got um, LA Brew Kombucha, we've got Seed Lip. We're we're very spoiled. We've got 
party bags, goodie bags, whatever you want to call them, um, with loads of endo-friendly brands and products. So I think you guys are going to love it. You can bring anyone you want. Um, ticket link, The ticket link is in the show notes. If you've got any questions, feel free to just email me. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you then. So back to Aubrey. Aubrey is an integrative wellness coach. She's the founder of Peace of Endo and she helps people worldwide to manage pain, increase energy and find peace with endometriosis. Her book From Peace to Pain with Endo is a bestseller and she's just released The Energetics of Endo, which I just read and loved. Aubrey's new book takes us through her endometriosis experiences as she goes from healing on a physical level to healing emotionally and spiritually with endometriosis. In this episode, we discuss some of the spiritual, um, I wouldn't say root causes, but some of like the spiritual blocks and issues that can be affecting our experience of endometriosis. Um, we also explore how energy healing, such as Reiki, can play a part in treating endometriosis naturally, and how chakra blocks, such as like the root chakra um, or the throat chakra, can affect our reproductive health and our experiences of endometriosis. I found this interview absolutely fascinating and um, found the book fascinating. Some of you, this might seem a bit out there. Um, so, but I, I think it's worth listening so you can decide if it's actually a route of management that might help you. As always, this show isn't about stopping surgery or medication. It's about finding different ways, complementary ways to manage endometriosis that suit you. So you can create like a tailored path to help you heal. So this may work for you. It might not, it might suit you. It might not. It was a pleasure to have Aubrey on the show and whether or not this is your bag. She is full of such, this is your bag. I never say that. I don't know where that came from. Um, she's such an inspiration and she's gone on such a journey and she's really honest with her journey and she's full of knowledge, um, as obviously a wellness coach would be. Um, so I think that you're going to find her journey and her wisdom really, really insightful. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy. Let me know if you read the book and whether you start this journey. I'm super curious to find out how you get on. I always start like every podcast interview with asking guests about their own personal journey. And sometimes I worry about it getting repetitive, but at the same time, I know it's such a relief for others to hear these stories and hear like what's different, what's the same. And you just to know that they're not alone. Um, so I'd really love to hear about your like own journey and experience with endometriosis prior to writing this book and beginning like your spiritual healing. Um, because I know like in the beginning, bef before this book and before this specific spiritual journey, you kind of focused more on healing in the physical sense. So I wondered if you could go into that a bit for us. Sure. Uh, so I've struggled from the very beginning ever since I was 12 years old from my first period, always had excruci excruciatingly painful periods and was told over and over again that that was normal. You know, that's part of being a woman. You get pain with your periods. So pop some ibuprofen. But as you know, if you have endo, ibuprofen didn't come close to touching the pain. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got on birth control pills when I was 17 um, which did help me quite a bit with the pain that I was having with my periods, but came with other side effects that I wasn't aware of at the time. 
started having a lot of digestive type issues and a lot of crazy mood swings. So I ended up getting off the pill late in my 20s. I was 27. And that's when things started to progress again. Uh, the pain, it came back with my periods every month. It kept getting worse and eventually hit a point where I was having pain all the time. And other weird symptoms started cropping up, pain after sex, during sex, having weird spotting, again, lots of digestive type issues. So all of this stuff was going on and I knew something was wrong, but I just was told over and over again to get back on the pill. Uh, that was really the only suggestion I received from my doctors. So I was missing work uh, once a month at least. I was calling in because I was just not able to function when my period started. And it was a coworker of mine who mentioned endometriosis to me. She was the first one who even mentioned the word. And that led, uh, right? and it led me to Google. Um, and I started spending time in support groups online. And the pieces started coming together for me. Like, I think I have this. And why wasn't this ever mentioned to me over all the years? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's 27. So you went like a really long time right? without this ever suggested to you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm grateful for my coworker who noticed it and spoke up and opened up my door to what was going on. So I was diagnosed in 2011 uh, via laparoscopic surgery and confirmed that I had endometriosis. And I remember the surgeon offered me to get back on the pill or to get pregnant as soon as possible. Those were his two suggestions. Of course. (laughs) Um, And my husband and I had just gotten married, um, not even six months prior to this. So it was a lot for me to take in that I could have this condition that would impact my fertility. And, um, you know, as I started researching endometriosis, there's a lot of negative information out there. So my first... (laughs) dive into it was like, whoa, this sucks. You know, this is chronic <laughs> and I'm going to be forever in pain. And so I kind of went through a little bit of wallowing, I think, after I was diagnosed and um, realizing what this meant for me and my future. But luckily, I found other women online who were managing things through diet. So I made the decision to not get back on the pill because I'd been on it for 10 years and I was feeling like more normal, like my brain (laughs) woke up again. I didn't realize how much of a mental impact it was having on me until I got off of it. So I didn't really want to get back on it. So I kind of made the choice to, okay, I'm going to try this diet, even though it's everything that I eat all the time. (laughs) It's on this endo diet. (laughs) And I remember, you know, telling Ryan, my husband, like, I'm going to follow this diet, you know, and it was a a very big change for me at the time because I wasn't cooking and I was eating all of the foods that you weren't supposed to be eating. But that's kind of where the journey started. You know, I started with diet and started exploring natural ways of managing things and tried a whole bunch of supplements and herbs, of course, because I switched from, you know, taking a pill to now I'm going to take a bunch of supplements. (laughs) So I kind of went through that phase of I have a whole cap of supplements. And things kind of evolved from there. Um, I ended up going to school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in 2013 to become a health coach. And IIN really started to shift my awareness of what health really is. And it's more than just what you eat. So I started exploring my life in a bigger, broader way. Um, and really just that's been the journey of exploration ever since. So when you... Um started the endo diet 
like obviously I'm yeah so when you started the endo diet did you what did you experience relief yes uh pretty quickly because I was eating um you know wheat and dairy every day three times a day so it was a big change for me and I did start feeling relief at least digestively like with the bloating yeah and the fatigue pretty quickly and then so in the book um so in your book the energetics of endo like there is a scene where you're kind of at a breaking point and you call um a specialist like a, a surgeon um and you're kind of thinking of booking yourself in for surgery so had it got to the point where like those holistic the the physical ways of managing had kind of only helped so far or they just had stopped like working for you. Mm-hmm. So I hit, I hit a wall, I think in my healing journey. So I was feeling better most of the time, but I was still having bad periods, like still excruciatingly painful periods. Traumatic really is how I would describe them. And it was after one of those moments, I think, I think during that time I had like a cyst that burst. That's what I'm assuming because the pain was so bad. Oh, I see. So that was kind of the low point to where I remember having that thought like this isn't working. You know, I need other help. I need to go get surgery. Um, so I have had the doubts along the way for sure. And that was kind of like the trigger point to begin in this more like energetic form of healing. Right, so I reached out um, to Dr. Cook, who's one of the best in the world, and got an idea of having excision surgery. Because um, I've heard, of course, if you're in the endo community, then you know excision is the way to go if you're going to have surgery. And um, realized the price tag of that. You know, most most of the specialists aren't going to be covered by your insurance, and it's out of network. And I know for those of us in the U.S., that's um, I don't know how it is over there. I know you guys have specialists. I don't know. Um, but over yeah. here you had to pay kind of. So I remember feeling, you know, like I finally reached out for help, you know, cause I've been avoiding surgery for as long as possible since 2011. Cause it didn't really help me at the time. Um, so I've been avoiding it for so long and I finally reached out to see, you know, and then, and then found out that the price of it was just out of reach at the moment. So I kind of hit that low point mm. to where, what am I going to do? Um, and I think that was kind of like when your knees hit the floor kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there's only one way to kind of look up. And I wasn't expecting the journey that evolved that came from that. Um, but I think reaching that kind of lowest point opened up a whole new pathway that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I want to get into the book, The Energetics of Endo. And um, yeah, as I said before, we kind of started this interview, like it's really a really fascinating um, process that you went through. And um, interestingly enough, like I like I know you said that you didn't feel it was for everyone, but I I resonate with a lot of the stuff that you've done and you've experienced, although I feel like yours feels a lot more like um organized (laughs) like I feel like there's like a really clear natural path that you took where um kind of the way that I've been trying to heal on a spiritual level has been very messy (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's been really inspiring to read it and see things a bit more clearly um yeah when reading your book um but 
I kind of wanted to explore the underlying emotions and like belief systems that kind of come up with endometriosis and are associated with endometriosis. And this is something that you um, talk about a lot in the book. Um, so could you take us through these and the ways that we could like begin addressing them ourselves? Sure. And I think, so the journey for me, stepping into the spiritual side of things, um, number one started because I set an intention. Um, I set an intention that I wanted to find freedom from the pain. And a big part of why I started writing the book was because I've struggled with infertility for, it's been a decade now. Um, back when I started it, I think it'd been six or seven years. And I was reaching that point of being 35. Um, this was right before I was turning 35. A couple of years I started before that writing it. And I was trying to to figure out, you know, is there something else going on? Um, through my training through IIN, that's when this conversation of energy first started entering my awareness and chakras that kept coming up over and over again as I was going through the program and connecting with other people that were learning how to be coaches. Um, and it kept coming up in conversations, this whole idea of chakras. And, you know, I had done yoga previously, so I kind of had an idea of what they were talking about, but I really didn't know what they were talking about at the yeah, same time. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I feel like I'm always dipping in and out of chakras and being like, what, wait, what's that one again? Right. So it was kind of this out, out there concept. Um, but, you know, once I set this intention, you know, I want to feel freedom was my word for the year. Things kind of started coming to me. People that I needed started coming to me. And one woman in particular that does energy work, she reads auras and does like long distance energy work. She told me that I had an imbalance in my energy and that I was giving more than I was receiving. So if you're familiar with the energetics side of things, you have a male energy and a female energy. And this shows up very much in that pelvic sacral space. Um, but she could see that my energy was pulling towards this more masculine energy, which is the action taking, do, 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 go, 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 uh, very type of energy that's big in society now. We get stuff done. Um, and for me, I've always been that type of person. You know, I'm an achiever. I get stuff done. I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm always doing, doing, doing things. But she could see that in my energy that I was doing too much and not receiving, which is this more feminine, nurturing, creative, flowing type of energy that we all have inside. So there was an imbalance that was going on that she brought attention to me. You know, you have an imbalance in your energy and that was showing up physically in my body. So the right side of your body is the masculine and the left side is the feminine. So she could see that my energy was actually pulling to the right which is interesting because I've always had physical issues on the right side of my body, on my hip, on my lower back. It's like this pocket that sits there. Mm -hmm. So she brought attention to that initially from an energe energetic standpoint. You know, you're not receiving enough. So you're not resting enough. You're not getting in that creative type flow. It was so focused on doing and giving my energy to other people in a sense. So that was really the opening of the door. And so a lot of this energetic side of things, because I made a conscious shift to be more open to receiving. And so I see this show up a lot working with other women that have endometriosis is there is that imbalance generally. 
And I think this is general also to the chronic illness community. A lot of us have that personality of doing and achieving and driving and not having as much space to rest and relax. I just actually asked this on the Peace with Endo community on my Facebook page, you know, how much time do you take for yourself? And the answers were like zero. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And, you know, as even being when you bring on other responsibilities as you're a mother and um, a woman and a wife and a friend and all of these other responsibilities that we have out there in the world and not taking that time for yourself. So I think that's one thing that shows up a lot um, in general, if you have a chronic illness, a lot of times people tend to be that driven type personality. Yeah. I, and that really, really resonates with me. Like one of my major patterns is burnout. Like, mm-hmm. And even when I'm trying not, if even if I think I'm consciously trying not to burn out, I still burn out. And then on my reflection, I'm like, oh, yeah, that really wasn't taking it easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't quite learned how to undo that yet. I'm working on it. Exactly. And it's very common. I see it all the time with my clients. I've seen it myself. So I have to be conscious of that. So I made that conscious effort to shift my energy um, through just a daily intention. So another thing that's shown up within this realm of things is I have a hard time asking for help. So I like control. I like to do everything myself. Um, I have a hard time allowing other people in to help. And I have a really hard time actually verbally asking for help from other people. So I started setting just an intention in my morning that I was open to receiving help. Like I'm open to receiving guidance. I'm open to receiving (laughs) love and abundance and, you know, please show me the way. So I just say a quick intention and then I would meditate for 15 minutes. So I made that conscious effort to, okay, I'm going to shift my energy (laughs) to receiving you know, I'm open to receiving this help, which was not something I was used to doing. Yeah. And the story kind of unfolded from there. I think that was a big part of it was shifting my energy to, okay, I am ready for help and I'm ready for healing, essentially. Is the um the intention that you set, is that the intention from the universe has your back? Yes, I was influenced for sure by that book um, by Gabby Bernstein. It's not exactly what she says in the book. She's got some different meditations in there. This is a new concept to people. Yeah, there's quite a few, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So I, I do recommend that one. She talks about receiving and how if you're going to connect on a spiritual level, that's really what you need to do is just be receptive and be open and paying attention to the guidance that can come into your life um, through little synchronicities, which is kind of how what happened within my story. Yeah, I, I remember reading, um, I read her book, couple, like when it first came out, I don't know, was it like two, I don't know, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. Um, and I loved it. I was, a, I guess I was a bit overwhelmed by the amount of meditations you could do and intentions and stuff. But um, reading your book really made me want to pick it up again and your intentions as well, like the intention that you're setting every morning like as your book progresses, you see how much that worked for you. So, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm the same. Like I, I find it a lot easier to ask for help from my boyfriend actually, because his 
a very different presence in my life. But um, other than that, I'm kind of known for being independent and not, yeah, not asking for help. Um, so that really, I found that really interesting. Um, and you mentioned, of course, the chakras. Um, and again, like, I mean, in in your book, you do say like you'll pick this book up at the right time. So I find it really interesting because so much of it resonated with me. And I reached out to um, a friend who's actually moved to America, um, who does energy healing. Um, I've had I've had a Reiki myself, but I've never had enough sessions. So it's never really been enough. Um, but um, my friend does energy healing and also past life regression. And I reached out to her at the beginning of the year because I was like, I really think that I need to go deeper now. So it's just amazing. The the synchronicity in your book, the kind of experiences you've gone through, um, I find really interesting. And one of the things that I said to my friend was, I just have, I feel like I have this block um, kind of in my center, like my abdomen down to my pelvis and the experiences that I've had all my life, I feel relate to that. Like when I was 17, I was in a really um, dramatic car accident and I broke my hips and my pelvic, um, my pelvis and my pubic ramar um, and my spine, like my lower spine. And like there's always kind of been numerous, you know, issues in that area. So it's, it's just really, really interesting. Um, so moving into chakras, because I know some people um, are familiar or um, like you were saying, you, you kind of hear about them, but kind of know about them and kind of don't. So I, I personally felt it was your discovery of the chakras and the energy blocks that really allowed you to begin the healing process. Like that's just kind of how I read it. And obviously I could be wrong, but um, what, what's the main chakra that's related to endometriosis and, um, how do we kind of address that if it's blocked? I, I don't know if it would be helpful to go quickly through all the chakras, like it's whatever you think would be best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they all definitely connect together. Um, your energy has to be flowing freely throughout your body. Uh, but the ones most influenced by endo are going to be those lower body chakras. So your the base of your spine is the root and the root meets at the base of your pelvis as well. So that's the first one. Your root is very much tied to your family, your upbringing. That's the first part of your body that's developed in the womb. And that so as muscle, that whole bottom part of your legs. So there's a lot of stuff that's deep, the root chakra, (laughs) Um, going back into your history and and growing up. And then the sacral chakra is the next one, which is that pelvic space. So that's really the one that's influenced by endometriosis. And then you've got your solar plexus, which is kind of your belly coming up into the heart space, which combines the lower and the upper chakras. And then you've got your throat and then the third eye in between your eyes and then the crown at the top. So the lower body chakras, that root chakra and that sacral are going to be the ones most where endometriosis is going to show up the most in that lower part of your body. 
But as we know, endometriosis can go everywhere. And the chakras are connected. They do intertwine with each other. Um, so your sacral is connected also very much to the throat space and to your heart space. But that pelvic, that sacral space is really where a lot of, um, and the root would be the two, I would say, impact endo or are influenced by endo. If you saw, if you had um, like blocks there or something was off the energy, other than endometriosis, like what kind of, um, I'm going to say symptoms for lack of a better word or issues, what kind of issues would arise that could indicate that you had some blocks going on in those areas? So you'd feel discomfort or pain, you know, in your root chakra, it's going to be your lower back and your legs, which I know for me physically is where I get a lot of issues. Still, I still have a lot of root issues. And if your root is off, your root is, if you think of it like a tree, which is how it's was kind of taught to me, you know, the tree roots go down. That's kind of like the base of everything. Um, so if your root is off, that throws off everything else. So you're going to feel that physically um, as far as emotionally, the root again goes back to like your tribe, the people in your life and your community. If you're feeling like you fit in or if you're feeling isolated um, and if you're feeling like grounded and strong or if you're feeling like all over the place. So this is something I consistently have to work on is my root chakra and getting grounded. <laughs> um, so one thing that's shown up in my energy over and over again, this is one thing that shows up in the book over and over again, is this disconnection that happened with me between those lower body chakras and my upper, which is more spiritual, mental type chakras up in your crown, up in your third eye. It's kind of more intuitive, spiritual part of you. So for me, um, my energy has naturally gravitated towards the top because when you come back and in, down into your body, that's where the pain is. That's where you're feeling things. So my natural inclination with my energy has been to kind of live up in my top chakras, which I see this often um, with women that have endometriosis because, again, you're disconnecting from feeling that physical pain. So when you're out of balance and you're living kind of up in your upper chakras, you're more, that's when like anxiety and a lot of the mental type things can start to happen because you're imbalanced. You're not living down in your body. You're up in your head and living in your head, literally. <laughs> so that's one, one like energetic disruption that can show up commonly, I think with endo. And then obviously in that pelvic space, that's where a lot of the endo issues show up. So if you're feeling pain, if you've got endometriosis, then you probably have issues in that sacral space. So emotionally, the sacral space brings in sexuality. Um, it pulls in your relationships. It's the creative center of you. And this is really where that divine feminine energy comes into play, that creative nurturing. It's got that balance between rest and work that shows up in that sacral space, giving and receiving that we talked about before. So if you've got that imbalance, it's probably showing up in your sacral space. And would, so obviously a lot of us with endometriosis have like, um, and, and you actually, of course you said, have like digestive issues. Would that be more with your solar plexus or is that still sacral? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be solar plexus. It can also be root too. Your gut is kind of all the way down there. Right. Okay. That solar. Yeah. Solar plexus is definitely more of the kind of digestive issue, and your solar plexus is your power center, um, and that's very much connected to your third eye, which is your intuitive part of you. Mm. So feeling that power in your belly, that intuitive connection with your gut feelings. Yeah. And, and I mean, you said in the book quite a lot that your, you, your power was taken away mm-hmm. um, in quite a few different situations. So would that kind of, if, you know, is that something that someone could explore? Like where was their power? Like where were they, were they holding on to their power? Were they giving it away if they had like a lot of digestive issues coming up with endo? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that showed for me early in life. And, you know, we're always from an early age, we're discerning that power relationship, who has the power, um, who is influencing power over you. So you can start to explore that, especially early on in life. And if you had somebody that took your power away, for me, that came through trauma, through sexual trauma early on in my life. Um, where that was was taken away from me. So if you have something like that in your history as well, that could be very much influencing things physically, for sure. That's like a really um, interesting point, actually. Like, what would be the reason that blocks occur? Because I think, um, you know, like several years ago, Um, maybe even longer, a study came out about sexual trauma and endometriosis and the press really blew it up in a way that was misconstrued. So a lot of people thought if they had endometriosis, then they, you know, they must have had um, rape or child abuse that was, um, if they didn't know about it, they'd repressed it. And so, you know, I don't want people thinking that if they have a, if they have a chakra block that something must have happened that was really really traumatic like a trauma could be actually quite small but we've just our body or our minds interpreted it as a trauma um so you know what kind of things could potentially lead to blocks yes and that's a good point um because not everybody has that experience of course with the sexual trauma it is very common with endo but not everybody so the chakras can get blocked by emotional energy. So your emotions are energy. Um, They've actually done studies that have shown that the cells in your brain or that create emotions actually show throughout your body. So your emotional energy is amazing. Yes, it's flowing through your body. Um, So you get blockages when those emotions get trapped in there or they're not fully processed. Um, And that sacral space, that pelvic space, you've got your pelvic floor there, that big root muscle um, is a big storage box for emotions. Um, So that sacral space very much gets blocked by negative emotions. Um, And and I think also when we speak of trauma, I think having endo (laughs) is traumatic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course. And so if you've experienced that amount of pain, that can happen in that sacral space, that alone, all of that's building up in that muscle and you tend to get like tight and tense um, and everything, it just kind of grabs onto everything. 
So a big part of the process for me in healing, as I've come back to learning about this and learning about emotions, is you have to feel to heal. I find myself saying that a lot, and the people that I've been influenced continue to say that because it's so true. Um, and for me, I wasn't always good at feeling things. Um, I grew up very much internalizing a lot of things and not learning how to express myself um, and kind of just learning how to shove things in and avoiding anything that was negative. So for me, I always had my numbing mechanisms. And early on experiencing pain in that pelvic space, you know, I learned how to numb it, I learned how to take pills, um, I learned how to distract myself with other things. So a big part of the process is learning how to feel your emotions, so that they can flow through you rather than getting stuck in there. So as you start to unravel things, you may find that there's been stuff in the past, maybe you had some experience as a child that you didn't you just kind of shoved in there or as a young woman. Um, so that's when blocks can start to happen. It's when you don't fully process those emotions. And in terms of like beginning to heal those blocks, it can be quite, uh, it just can be quite an overwhelming thought. Like where do I even start? And especially if you have numbed or pushed down experiences uh, no matter what they are, they don't necessarily have to, like we said, they don't necessarily have to be sexual trauma. It could just be like a really big argument with a parent that you never really forgot or, you know, or something like that. Um, so, but if you don't really know where to start, would you start, would you go to a healer? Because I mean, that was quite a big part of what you did. You were working with someone who was energetically working through that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great way to start. But really, I think before that, for me, uh, meditation has been a key part of my healing journey. Uh, so I've been meditating consistently for years now. And I remember, you know, going back to this conversation of that giving and receiving, <laughs> I had a really hard time, like sitting still <laughs> with myself and like, you know, because I'm thinking about all the things I need to do. And this is such a waste of time. Like, why am I just sitting here? Um, but I think learning how to tune back into yourself, just to listen to yourself was really kind of the starting point for me of exploration, of starting to explore yourself and being in that silent space and being aware of your thoughts and what's going on with you. Um, but yes, if you want to explore it more energetically, I would definitely seek out somebody. Um, Reiki was a place that I started. So somebody that does energy type work. And like, obviously, we've, we've talked a lot about sacral chakra and the root chakra, but um, another kind of main chakra that came up for you in the book was the throat chakra. So I wondered if you wanted to go into that a little bit more about like the significance of that with endometriosis and with your story and kind of like the endo community on a wider scale. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the throat ended up being... As I started exploring this, the throat ended up being the area where I've had the most issues. And I was told that's throwing off everything else. So the throat, the throat energetically and physically is connected to that sacral space. You've got your thyroid. Um, you've got that long vag vagal nerve, vagus nerve that's going down from your uh, pituitary gland all the way down, connecting your throat and down to your sacral space. So you've got kind of that vibration that's there um, between those two areas. So for me, 
And I think having this journey with endometriosis, having a long time getting diagnosed, which we know is common in the community, not feeling heard, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so for me, you know, I remember going to my doctors years and years of telling them I had this horrible pain and just having it be silenced in a way, you know, like this is normal. This is a normal part of being a woman. So I grew up with that notion that, okay, this is normal, <laughs> which kind of put that disconnection from our early age to that sacral space. So I was having so much pain. Um, so I think that's been a big part of it is not feeling heard and not feeling validated. So what happens early on as I'm expressing this pain and then it's just shut down is you start to subconsciously lose that intuitive connection because you know something's wrong. Like I knew something's wrong. And then again, going back to that, having a hard time speaking up about things has always been an issue for me. I've always been very quiet. Uh, my parents are super introverted. So growing up, I didn't really learn how to express my emotions and how to express what I needed. And I always just thought people should just know. <laughs> and this showed up later in my life and my relationships with my husband now, who's very outspoken <laughs> and loud. We're complete opposites. But I think that he came into my life to show me that I needed to speak up, that I needed to speak my truth um, and be truthful and honest with myself and just to not be afraid to use my voice is what he ultimately, I think, came into my life to show me. Um, so it's been a growing process to kind of step out of the shell for me and to use my voice. And I've always had throat issues. Um, I've got Hashimoto's. I've got. I've always had gland, like swollen throats when I was a kid, um, sore, sore throats and all kinds of issues showing up in that throat space that was like literally closing it off physically. So I've had to break through that and use my voice, which is, um, you know, important with endometriosis and building awareness. And it's something that we don't talk about. Um, a lot of women still that I come in contact with have a lot of shame about that they have endo. And a lot of women just keep it locked up. I actually had a client who didn't even tell her family. So there's a lot of shame around the topic. So for me, it's been healing to open up and to talk about things, which is a big part of why I started my podcast um, as well as just to start talking about things because a lot of this has been silenced. So just a reminder that BU Period Patches are our sponsors today. They are sourced by nature and backed by science, made with zero chemicals, BU period patches are 100% natural and provide period cramp relief for hours using menthol and eucalyptus oils to reduce cramping and pain. There's actually a lot of studies that prove the effect effectiveness of these oils. Eucalyptus is an anti-inflammatory and a natural painkiller, whilst menthol helps reduce the sensation of pain and also has a, sim a similar painkiller properties to eucalyptus. So when you are wearing them, these two oils are soaking through into your skin and into your muscles and actually reduce the inflammation and the cramping in that area. So that helps to lower your pain levels. You get five per pack. They should last for the majority of your, uh, your menstrual cycle. No, sorry, your menstruation, depending on um, how long your period is. And you can subscribe every month. Um, 
so they are delivered to your door. And they're six ninety nine for a pack if you just buy them once, or four four ninety nine if you go for the subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps the natural way. So if you followed my work for however long, you probably know that I believe that you can eat delicious foods on the endometriosis diet. Um, obviously, I say endometriosis diet loosely, um, but an anti-inflammatory diet, you can eat and enjoy. I love my food. And let me tell you, I love bread. I loved muffins. I love like sourdough is my favorite. I love brownies. God, I love cinnamon rolls. Um, I could keep going for ages. And it's possible to eat these things. You could spend ages in the kitchen trying to like do it yourself. And I've done it. And my kitchen has seen really bad times when it comes to baking. But Heather Crosby, who was on the podcast before, has seriously cracked the art of gluten-free baking so if you're like me and you love all of these baked goods then I think you might like her course it's four weeks long you get videos like start to finish videos you understand the science behind gluten-free baking you get um, recipes for cinnamon rolls English muffins bagels flatbreads pizza so many different things um also, side note, she does a cookies, a gluten-free cookies course as well. It's not open right now, but just thought I should let you know. It's a heads up for the future. Um, so yeah, basically everything that I miss about eating gluten is in this course. It's full of really nourishing, protein, fiber-rich recipes. The recipes don't include egg or milk or nasties like chemicals, gums, etc., it's really good nourishing stuff so you can feel confident when you eat it that you're you know you're doing good by your body obviously we're all different when it comes to eating for endometriosis so you have to go with what feels right for you but I love her recipes so anyway if you're interested you can take the free course guide just head over to her website the link is in my bio um and the link will be kind of on my Instagram and website and all sorts. Um, if you follow that link specifically, I get a little percentage um, and that helps me cover the costs of this podcast, which there are many of. Um, and yeah, so that's really lovely um, if you can do that, if you want to do that. Um, and yeah, take the free course, uh, free course guide. The course starts on the 11th of March, enrolment is open now, and I hope you enjoy. Did you find that, did you feel like a, a big energetic shift when you started the podcast and you began? Because obviously, um, and we'll kind of get to this um, a bit further on, but you obviously have peace with endo, like your you know your website and your community and your courses so you were already talking about it to a degree but was did the podcast um create like a, a shift for you energetically on like a bigger level yes and I think it was because I started that and was talking about more of the spiritual side of things mm. so I grew up in a religious type environment um so there's always been some of that playing into my story as well of 
um, you know, speaking out about things that may be a little bit different from what I grew up with. So I always had that fear of that, of coming out and talking about, you know, the woo woo (laughs) side (laughs) of things. (laughs) So that was definitely scary, I think, for me. And there's a part that I write about in the book of talking with my mom and, you know, letting her know that I've got this podcast coming and she's like, oh, I'm going to be listening to it. And just having that trigger of, oh, no, she's going to be listening and having that fear of, oh, she's not going to like what I have to say. Yeah. Um, so for me being a recovering people pleaser over my life and having really fear of, yeah, that throat of opening up and being afraid of people not liking what I have to say and having that kind of silent repression that I had as a kid of, you know, the bullies and people that picked on me when I was a kid and all that stuff that comes up later in adulthood, especially as you're speaking out. Obviously there's... I don't want to give too much away from in the book and um you know like you said some you're worried about like well, not worried but you wondered if things would be too woo woo or too out there um but none like it, rather than it being like too woo woo for me it literally inspired me to go back to some of the things that I have lost touch with um I use oracle cards and tarot I been using them for a um, couple of years now and they've actually guided some really big life decisions so I completely um, resonated with why you were using them and, and kind of how they showed up for you um, but I used to have angel cards um, and I stopped I mean I had angel cards when I was like 16 and I, I haven't used them for ages and I haven't really thought about connecting with angels or spirit guides in any way so actually there was something about the way you described it that really comforted me and made me think that I'd like to go back there again and try um which yeah to some people might sound crazy so this is what I want to address for anyone who is thinking I really want to heal my endometriosis you know obviously you can't cure it but I, I, I want to manage it I want to reduce um the pain and the symptoms that I'm experiencing um I've done like everything on a physical level and I'm still at this point but this kind of sounds too out there for me what would you suggest to them to maybe get started or do it in a less woo-woo way like can you see is there like a in-between level that they could reach yeah and I think again going back to meditation for me was the link there into deeper exploration. So I think if you want to heal um, on that greater level, you really have to come within, you really have to pause and connect back to yourself. And I think it's very common for us to look outside for the answers. And I've done that myself for years, you know, I was researching or maybe you're going to see doctors or you're looking into the outside world to find your answer. But really, it's coming back into yourself and connecting back to that soul energy. And if you're not good at meditation, if you don't feel like you're um, ready to start that and you can start small, you know, five minutes a day, just breathing and connecting back to yourself. But I also think another way to do that is through creativity. Um, so 
finding a way to express yourself and everything that's going on inside. I think when you get in that creative energy, you're naturally tapping into that creative force, whatever you believe, be that God or source or the universe or however you describe it in your personal journey. So getting in that creative space can really start to unravel and unfold things because you're getting into that soul energy of yourself. And for me, that's been writing, you know, that's been my medium, but whatever works for you. Yeah, of course. And I think like you were saying, like singing, like a song came for you at some point and it's kind of like flowing with what comes up and feels right in the moment, I guess, can also be quite helpful. Right. So opening up that deeper self exploration and knowing and knowing that you are powerful, like you are this divine creation and when you can tap back into that power within yourself and know that you have the power to literally heal yourself. And you may not be able, like you said, to cure it and get rid of it, but you can heal. And the definition of heal is to become whole. And I think it's to go back to that innate essence that is already whole, that is already perfect. Mm. You can connect back to that soul part of you. Yeah, I, I like that idea. The, the idea of us being whole, we're already being per- we're already perfect. I kind of want to touch upon like we experience um obviously endometriosis can affect um so many people um not just people who identify as women and female um but in this specific example um you know women are have kind of carried quite a lot of blame with us um and are quite you know, there's like, I saw ages ago this, this, um, meme and it was just kind of like, oh, um, like it was like an office email and it was like, uh, really sorry. I just wanted to ask, did you, um, do that thing that you said you were going to do? Probably my fault. I probably completely misunderstood it, but just wanted to check in case. And I was like, oh my God, that's so, that's like, so me, you know, this kind of always assuming that you've done something wrong and that, you're guilty of something and um when it comes to endometriosis and having kind of something wrong with our bodies I feel like um some of us can feel it's our fault um and we're blaming ourselves and I wonder whether it could be easy to misinterpret this spiritual healing so these energy blocks for example as we've done something wrong we haven't spent the time to heal ourselves we haven't we haven't spent time to feel our feelings or we let someone do something to us that we shouldn't have done I'm saying shouldn't in like quotation marks like you know you know we think that we shouldn't we should we could have dealt with something differently how do you feel like we can remove, how can we do this healing work yet actually see that we haven't done anything wrong? We didn't cause endometriosis to manifest or, um, you know, start in our bodies. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I, I want us to be able to do this healing work without saying, oh, the reason why endometriosis came along is because I had all of these blocks. So I, I kind of, I don't want people to take away that they caused it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for sure. And I, I see that so often with my clients, um, especially as you enter into this holistic world 
and you make that decision that you know, I'm going to heal myself. Right? So that was the same way with this. And then you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Um, and so one of the main themes that's shown up in my story and shown up in the bigger soul story, I believe, is this issue of control. Mm. Um, and one of the biggest things I've had to learn how to do is let go of some of that control and just surrender to the process. Um, and it's not, it's definitely, it's not your fault that you have endometriosis. And I know we're talking about more of the spiritual energetic side of things, but I do believe in the whole holistic, you know, body, minded spirit. It's obviously a very physical type condition. There's no denying that. And it's not your fault if you had blockages along the way. Um, so if you step back from all the shoulds and the pressure that you put on yourself and just try and release some of that and allow the process to happen, if that makes sense. So to just to, to know that this is really like a lifelong journey. And if you get curious and start to unfold some of those layers and get to know yourself a little bit better, I think that's when the healing can start to happen too. Um, so not blaming yourself or putting a lot of that pressure, because I see that all the time. <laughs> especially when it comes to like diet, if you're first starting out and I'm going to change my diet and I'm going to be like so strict and, oh my gosh, I ate a piece of chocolate and now everything's flaring up and it's my fault. And so it's very much that like controlling side of things. So, and that's the biggest issue within that sacral space. So Caroline, Caroline Mice, author of Anatomy of the Spirit, she's kind of the pioneer within energy medicine. Mm. Um, One thing she talks about in the book is that the sacral space is governed by that fear of losing control, um, which makes sense when I think about all that tension and tightness for me that built up in that pelvic space. And if you think about it metaphorically in a sexual manner, you know, you're releasing, kind of just letting down those walls and allowing that healing to come in. So it's definitely a process and it takes time and it's good to find somebody that you can work with if you've got lots of stuff and blockages yeah depending on your situation that's going on may not be something you can explore all by yourself yeah and I think that that's really a really helpful part of your book because you offer quite a lot of resources to begin that journey I think often we start with the physical because it's easier Mm -hmm. Like it, it might be hard to like reduce the sugar and the caffeine, but you see it, you can actually track your progress. You can say, right, I'm, you know, I'm not eating a chocolate bar, right? And instead I'm eating some low sugar fruit. Mm-hmm. Whereas with meditation, sometimes you're like, what's that? Like, obviously I know that um, meditation is about being non-judgmental and there's no such thing as a good or bad meditation session but so many of us label it as like was that a good session or was that a bad session you know and you're never really quite sure because there's no kind of diff- it's not as black and white black and white as addressing something phys- on a physical level mm-hmm. um so i i felt that your book was really helpful because you were so um specific about the resources, the different techniques that you used um, from Reiki to energy healing and the the various books. Like I really want to pick up Wild Feminine now. It's actually come up on my radar again since reading your book. So I feel like Mm -hmm. I really need to read it. Um, So on that subject, now you've gone through 
kind of like a physical healing and and now a spiritual energetic healing if you were to go back in your journey would you do anything differently like would you actually work on both aspects at the same time or would you address the energetics of endo first just for people listening who maybe haven't even started on any form of healing journey would you do anything differently I think the it naturally progressed I think and I see this happening too so I think things start on that physical level like you said it's more tangible and food is always the place that I recommend people start with because as you and building awareness of how certain foods make you feel. So for me, that was really the first step to getting back in tune with myself because I was so disconnected. Um, and like I said, it was just numb, really, for a long time. And I was just numbing everything with pills and just not paying attention to any of my symptoms or what was causing what. So I think as you get into the food side of things, that's a good place. And it was a good place for me to start to build that awareness of myself and oh, this is making me feel like this. And oh, this food makes me feel like this. And it seems so simple to me now, but I was so disconnected from even the fact that food influenced how I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems so silly to me now, but I, I, and I see it commonly all the time in society too. People are just disconnected from it. So I don't think that I would change that because I think it was a, a journey that naturally progressed from curiosity and from getting having that journey back to myself and that awareness. So I think awareness is really the ticket to healing yourself, knowing what influences you and how you feel. Again, coming back to that, like, how, how do you feel and how do you want to feel? Which was really like the guiding question for me all along the way. So you can build that awareness. And I think, again, that starts physically. And then there's that natural progression of, oh, I want to feel better. And then for me, it advanced on a more spiritual level. So I think you have to start tangible. I don't know, unless you're, unless you have an influence around you that started you that way, I think it's a natural progression to start physically and then kind of move up the chakras. Yeah, <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> definitely. <laughs> have you um, heard of rapid transformational therapy? Um, I have, yes. Have you tried it? I have, Um which I do mention in the book, which I didn't know that was the name of it when I wrote the book until I just had Bethan on my podcast. Too. Oh, okay. I, right. Yeah, I had it done in, um, was it December 2007? Yeah, December 2017. And um, it was at the time that I started um, these other I have the session was wasn't that successful in the sense that I couldn't relax and um my my hypnotherapist was a little bit um I wouldn't go back to her to be honest um and she didn't follow up like she was supposed to follow up but um I'd kind of got so through diet and kind of other management tools I'd got my pain level to a really manageable place but if I kind of like stepped like slightly out of line like literally slightly out of line they'd be terrible like my periods would be terrible straight away and it would be like just one you know just one mistake in quotations like just one like 
even just a decaf coffee a bit too near my period right would would like trigger really bad results um so then I had rapid transformational therapy and it you know I I couldn't even get into deep memories um but we did do some work and then but I was also taking this new supplement at the same time and um, I had like the best period I've ever had um, since endometriosis started because prior to endometriosis I had zero period pain I mean I practically had no period but um, yeah so in several years it was the best period I've had and ever since then I have been taking those supplements since then although sometimes not uh, religiously sometimes I'll you know not take as many as I should and forget but I've been like the best I've ever been since then and I found I've yeah, so I knew that you did a form of hypnotherapy in the book, but I wasn't sure if it was rapid transformational therapy. So that's super interesting. Did you feel that that had like a really big influence on you? Um, it did, but it was also during that time where I had some past life stuff come up. Mm. Um, and Bethan, Bethan's actually in the UK for your listeners. She's amazing, Bethan. Oh, cool. Her name's Bethan Louise. Um, so shout out to her. She's very calming. Her presence is just allows you to slip into that space. Um, so it was, she really helped me pinpoint those deeper fears that really have governed, I think, my experience with endometriosis and infertility. She really helped me uncover things and then did a good follow-up with having, trying to change that mindset. So she had a recording that I was listening to for weeks on end, which was very helpful just to kind of shift your mindset about your beliefs, which is not, I mean, it didn't just change them, but I have awareness of them. So again, it's going back to, this is why, this is why I am the way I am. And I think having that awareness is helpful to change some of your behaviors consciously. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the recording um, that you listened to for, I think was it 21 days, that for me is probably what made the shift more so than the session itself um because I like I like I said there was some issues with the hypnotherapist that I saw but um yeah I I really I made sure that I did the recording I listened to it every single day and I I kind of just felt myself changing from that so yeah I was just just super curious about that um so for anyone who wants to begin this um, energy healing journey where would you recommend that they start because I know um and obviously feel free to talk about your like what you offer because obviously you have peace with Ender and now you have a membership um community and am I right in thinking that you do some form of energy healing like which can be done over Skype is that Reiki or yeah so I trained with one of my spiritual mentors, one per woman that helped me through the book, I read about her, Kate. Um, so she taught me how to do long distance type work, which is what she does. So one thing that I identified with myself through this process is I'm an empath. So I can pick up on people's energy. I can feel other people's emotions and stuff, um, which is a whole nother podcast topic. <laughs> Um, so I've learned how to use that to kind of mirror my clients to see what's going on energetically with them. And then just to do some 
breathing and some visualization to help move some of that energy through. Um, so I do offer one-on-one sessions if people are interested in working with me specifically, who knows endo, who knows infertility. Um, but I do also have a membership site, which is um, designed to help those that want to follow more of a holistic path. So it's got it breaks down a path that you can take starting with diet and digestion and um, your sleep and toxins. And there's different modules within the program. Um, but I also offer weekly meditations. So I do a live meditation in our private Facebook group, which can kind of help you get started with meditation. I know a lot of my members didn't meditate before they started and have seen great results, even doing it once a week with me. Um, so I do try to kind of build some of that visualization into those weekly meditations as well. So I think, I think that's a good place to start is with meditation. Um, and I do have a free one that you can download over at peacewithendo.com backslash meditation dash four dash pain. Um, so that's a kind of quick seven minute one that you can do just to kind of get back into your body and to get in tune with how you're feeling in those different chakra areas. Cool. I'll put that in. I'll make, um, make sure I put that in the show notes. Awesome. But I think really it is meditation. I know I've said that over and over again, but I think that's really a good starting off point. And even if, if you can start with five minutes or, and there's other apps out there as well that may help you. I know I started with guided meditations when I first started because my brain was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I started <laughs> I with Headspace. Like yes, Headspace or Calm is another one. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually like to use an app called Brain.fm, which is music that is designed to get your brain into certain modes. So there's Ooh, like a this meditation. Yeah, there's a meditation and there's a relax mode, which works really well. Um, And there's a focus mode, which is awesome, too, for those of you that have a hard time focusing, (laughs) which is totally me. Um, And uh, and there's a sleep one. So and there's even a nap one. So it works really well. It's designed to, again, get your brain waves into that state of relaxation or meditation or whatever it is. Works really well. And that's called Brain FM. Brain.fm. Okay, cool. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well because that sounds amazing. I'm going to download this off. Download that when we get off the call. It's a little bit. There's a little bit of a subscription fee. You can try it free, I think, for a few sessions, but okay. it's not. It's not too expensive. Okay, cool. And um, you reference to like so many amazing books in um, your book. <laughs> so mm-hmm. other than your book, of course, which, um, will also be in the show notes. Is there like a book that you would recommend that people like, I don't know, one of the most influential ones from your reading list? Uh, so I think it's women who run with the wolves for sure. Okay. This is classic, um, <laughs> which is getting kind of more into that divine feminine energy, which shifted everything for me. Um, going back to that giving and receiving, um, there's a lot of magic and good stuff in that book. And as the advice was given to me, um, you'll know when the right time is to read it. So if you're in that space and you're ready to take that next step, check out Women Who Run With the Wolves. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So before we end, where can people get your new book? Uh, so you can you can check me out over at peacewithendo.com. So I do have copies available there or it's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, 
Kobo for those that prefer the ebook version. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been an honor to have you on and yeah, I'm such a fan of your work. And so, yeah, it's so lovely to have you on and to read a book that, and also talk about things that I don't, I just don't think people are talking about yet, really. So what you're doing is, yeah, really revolutionary. And I'm so glad that you're doing this work. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and live in well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. 